news, stories that impact your lives, culture, and the music you love with a little Motor City flavor on 1019 WDET. seen firsthand how the system is rigged against our citizens just like it was rigged against Bernie Sanders. He never had a chance, never had a chance. But his supporters will join our movement because we will fix his biggest single issue, trade deals that strip our country of its jobs and strip us of our wealth as a country. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Laura Weber Davis, co-hosting this week with Chuck Wilbur, former WDET News Director and longtime public policy consultant. We want to hear your phone calls, your reaction to the speech last night. What does Hillary Clinton need to say next week to convince you? 313-577-1019. In studio with us now is Congressman Sander Levin. Yeah, Congressman, obviously, when we strip away all the detail from this convention and try to distill its basic big-picture message, it does appear that 2016 is a change election. Donald Trump obviously hit a nerve to kind of upset the entire Republican establishment in his party. Bernie Sanders did far better than anybody expected in the Democratic primary process on a message of change. So how does the Democratic Party, as the incumbent party right now in the country, at least in the White House, how does the Democratic Party deal with that environment that seems to suggest people want change? Because I'm not sure the issue is whether the Democratic Party is the incumbent party. I think Hmm. Donald Trump has essentially laid out the basic issue in this campaign. And that is, he paints such a dark, gloomy picture of this country. He talked about, uh, I wrote this down, about um, death, destruction, And we have problems in this country, but I don't think the picture he paints is the picture of our country. I think we're much more a country that understands its challenges, but has a kind of optimism and a kind of sense of common purpose. There was no sense of common purpose in uh, Donald Trump's speech. I found it one of the commentaries said it reminded them of uh, Richard Nixon's speech of decades ago. So I thought it was a speech when he also said, I just thought it was so striking. I wrote this down again. Nobody knows the system better than me. Hmm. And on, that is why only why. That he's the only person who I'm, can fix I'm it. I'm alone yeah. can fix it. I alone that's essentially an appeal to people to say we're in such desperate shape that we need to turn to somebody who thinks he has all the answers alone. But Congressman, isn't the commonality that he did try to find was a a need or a desire for safety and security in whatever form that may be? Sure. And I think we all feel that. But the question is whether that need is so great that we need to turn to somebody who says, only I know 
the issues, and only I can fix it. I, I saw a, um, a comment by Bernie Sanders, and uh, I think he said it right, and that is, are we looking for a president or a dictator? Right. But Congressman, when you take a look at the issues that Trump is putting into focus this year, they're very different than the usual set of issues we see Democrats and Republicans spar over. In my memory, I can't recall anyone being able to position themselves on trade in the Republican Party the way Donald Trump has. And he made an explicit appeal that we heard to, you know, Sanders voters who were also supporting a candidate highly critical of trade agreements to try to bring them into the Trump column for this election. The last four presidents, two Democrats and two Republicans, have been trade advocates for trade agreements from NAFTA to TPP. How does the party that, that you represent position itself on trade in this election so that you're not essentially ceding those angry voters to Trump? Because people like myself and many others, I oppose NAFTA, and I've been uh, leading the effort to indicate that this TPP, as was negotiated, is not something we can support. The trouble with Trump is that um, he, he essentially pushes a button, and like on so many other issues, he doesn't really spell out what his answer is. I think listeners should ask themselves, on what issue did he lay out where he would go? He says, I'm it. I'm the only one who understands it. Tell me what he said as to how he would resolve anything, whether it was foreign policy issues and the problems in the Middle East. What does he suggest? He says, as to NATO, we should not, NATO should not defend if there are, is an invasion of the Baltics. I mean, he doesn't really say what he would do, including on trade. He, he said a 40, 45% tariff, and everybody acknowledges that that isn't going to work. And another problem with his position is the vast majority of Republicans on trade disagree. The people we've been fighting on trade on TPP have been primarily Republicans in the Congress. So he's out of step with his own party on lots of issues, at least most of it. He just reminds me when I first met people in the Tea Party six, seven years ago, and they said they were so angry and we want our country back. And I said, what do you mean by this? They said immigration. Once again, what was Trump's solution? It was build a wall and essentially send everybody back so, so you're saying that Donald Trump is sort of the bill come due on the Tea Party movement? I think he, he, he very much appeals to the, to the people who found the Tea Party attractive. Mm -hmm. and, and I think more and more that has become his base. But I think more and more people realize that their answer is not a constructive answer like on health care. It's repeal. It isn't coming up with a specific proposal, nor has Trump. So essentially, somebody told me this morning that, that Donald Trump is narcissism run wild. And I think that's true when he says, I'm the only one who knows the problems. I'm the only one who can solve that. We've heard that kind of 
language from others who essentially say, give me all the power and I'll solve it. I find that troublesome. Congressman Sander Levin is our guest right now, reacting to Donald Trump. Also, we're going to be talking about Hillary Clinton and what she needs to do next week to shore up her base. Uh, Congressman, I'm glad that you brought up NATO and sort of not being aligned necessarily with his Republican compatriots. Have you spoken with anybody about his statements over the past 24 hours about NATO, essentially saying we have to negotiate a better deal with the other countries that are our allies within NATO before we are willing to defend them? Have you spoken with any of your comrades about that? No, because I've been here in Michigan. They're they're elsewhere. But look, uh, NATO isn't perfect, but he just has this kind of meat axe approach and there isn't any recognition that these are difficult problems another thing that really worries me is someone who's been in the congress now 34 years these are not easy issues i i understand so much based on my own experience going back when i was a, a labor lawyer how about income in this country? And it has been stagnant going back 25, 30 years. But what's his answer? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, his answer is, give me the power. I'm the only one who knows the issues, and I'll solve all these problems. And I think the past years have shown we have problems, but distrust somebody who says, just give me the power, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. We now have seen the message of Cleveland for the Republicans. What, in your view, does the message need to be coming out of the Democratic Convention next week in Philadelphia? I think it, mean, it needs to be very different. Different from the Republicans or different from what they're doing? It's different from the Trump message. Mm-hmm. I think it's one saying, look, um, the president's going to say, I inherited a deep mess the worst recession in since the Great Depression. And we've had all these months of new employment, so we still have a problem with uh, wage levels. But look, uh, doom and gloom, that wasn't my either my message or my purpose or my approach. It wasn't doom and gloom, it was to say, look, we've got these problems. Take the auto industry. Uh, This message of Trump, uh, despair, destruction, for those of us who fought so hard to save the auto industry, it isn't all doom and gloom. Right. Well, how, how though, does... By the way, I think we have to spell that out uh, in Philadelphia, but I think we will. So I think there has to be kind of a sense of optimism as well as realism. And I, listening to that uh, speech last night, said, I don't think there was any optimism in, in it, and I don't think it also painted this country like ISIS. We need to stand up. We need to fight it. I was among those who said we should bomb Syria uh, over uh, their... their, their uh, chemical weapons if necessary. But I never thought that, um, that um, we were going to be conquered by the enemy. And essentially, 
what uh, what Donald Trump was saying was, look out the look out the window, and the enemy is coming. But but how though does does Secretary Clinton um, combat some of the negative? Uh, views that are held of her. I mean, Donald Trump seems like he'd be somebody who'd be pretty easy to pick off for an adept politician like Secretary Clinton, but she has a lot of her own issues that she needs to contend with. People feel like she lies, uh, particularly about her email server, um, and that she was directly responsible for the deaths of people in Benghazi. Those are big things that the Republicans have been able to latch on to almost extremely successfully so far i would say her polling has suffered because of it and i just i'm curious how she tackles that negative aspect in a positive light next week i mean how how does she sort of shift that narrative look as to to the emails i think uh, she should handle it the way she really has basically unlike donald trump who can never admit a mistake she said i made a mistake Mm -hmm. and i think it's clear she did and so there has to be a sense of a bit of humility. I don't think Donald Trump knows how to spell humility. And I do think it's wise for there to be humility in our leadership in the sense they realize that they can't snap their fingers and solve it all. And that's who Donald Trump is. As to Benghazi, look, she sat through, what was it, 12, 13 hours? And it's been disproven the claim that uh, that she's, she was responsible. There were some mistakes made in terms of security, not only there but elsewhere. We need to do a better job. But to try to put horns on her or other people as to Benghazi has never, never worked. It's, again, kind of an appeal to the fears of people, and that's what we need to do in, in, in Philly. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear concerns are different than fears. Sure. Congressman Sander Levin uh, has joined us today as a reaction to Donald Trump's speech in Cleveland and moving forward into Philadelphia next week with the Democrats. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, let's lighten the mood a little bit going into the weekend. Nancy Kaffer from the Detroit Free Press will join us to talk about the eight reality TV stars who might actually make a better president than the host of The Apprentice. Keep your calls coming as well. We'll take them next. 